Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 185 of the Get Around Podcast. This is James Cook, joined here with Andrew Rosenthal here in the studio, the podcast studio, hey. emblazoned with all of our jerseys and everything like that. Where's? Can you hear the EDM music? Hopefully not yet, or not oh. still. I, I can hear from a distance, though. Jake, we, we know you're playing stuff in cool. We're joined, we're joined here by 7 and 4's Harrison BB filling in. For Jake Atnip until we find think a new guy. I ever need to hear another EDM song for the rest of my life after hanging out with Jake Atnip so much. But uh, be that as it may, that was an experience. And uh, wow, guys, we can now use hand sanitize our way uh, through the Jake Atnip era of the Record Eagle Get Around podcast. I'm kidding. I love Jake. I'm gonna. Admit, I love. I did the Jake voice on the pod. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> what I did. You do the best Jake impression. Uh, I it, will say he got he. We were golfing one time. I think it was at. Uh, Mistwood, maybe. He picked out like a saxophone EDM yep, music. Loves mix. the sax. Ex- it was like a saxophone EDM mix, but I listen to that playlist all the time now. Like yakety sax. It wasn't yeah. bad. For honestly, EDM. for all the EDM he does listen to, at least the saxophone added some like normalcy to it. Made it think like you were just at some jazzy nightclub for a second. Like, oh yeah, no, it's it's something you'd hear at Electric Forest. But so well, we're in the process of doing some interviews and hopefully have somebody to fill in for Jake here. Before football season is over. God, I hope. Before it's over, yeah. (laughs) I hope for your guys' sake you have someone before November. Yeah, I mean, we all appreciate Jake what he did for the, uh, what, three and a half years that he was here. Yeah, I heard on the last pod he was the longest host, which is crazy to think about. I think he was the longest host by over a year. Mm -hmm. Brennan's been gone that long, and I know Brett wasn't host for too long. What is this, like your fifth episode? No, I'm going to think, yeah, it's probably like like fifth or sixth. (laughs) Like fifth or sixth. Or am I technically the host? We're all co-hosts. I'm not editing it, so I know I'm not the host. He got pretty emotional at the end of that episode. He did. I've never episode. seen Jake cry in real life, so, I mean, what a monumental moment. That's how much Northern Michigan mattered to him, though, folks. For those of you listening, those of you uh, appreciate everything Jake did, I mean, he put a lot of effort into what he was doing right back, so. Yep. means a lot to him. You know, we enjoy doing it as well. This was our first show without Jake. It's been like a month almost since we last did a show. This episode, we've got uh, Traverse City Central offensive lineman Keegan Opper and Caden Warner doing an interview with us, and uh, we'll be talking about a whole host of stories and storylines going into the fall Including season. Including a food-related story. Dessert-related story. Oh, did I spoil that? Did you not want that coming out? Oh, it'll be you in maybe, there. No, you melted it'll be in there. it. Oh! Uh, the ice cream, you scream, we all scream. For offensive linemen eating ice cream. Which should be a contest. There's a good ice cream and story in the in the interview, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, it's been a month since we've done an episode. What did what have we done since that episode, James? We've done a ton of stories for our upcoming fall tab. Sunday, coming Sunday, out, Sunday, coming Sunday. out August twenty. Are you going to leak something Friday? Maybe a little teaser. We were talking about. I that. think we are going to maybe do one story on social media ahead of time. Kind of. There it is. Get people excited. Wet the appetite well, before gotta... the ice cream gets into the bowl. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have thirty-two pages of stories. Um, Sheesh. Like 10 or something features. Guys, how do you think of this much stuff to write about? Honestly, I thought of it in like We only a week. think of a couple, and then we write the hell out of those stories. <laughs> <laughs> there are three stories in there. Well, it's 32 pages. 10 pages 32 piece. pages, and we have, what, 10 stories? Yeah. So if you want early homework, read that. Yeah. No, I'm one kidding. Of, you guys always do a great job with those. But one of the so. ones I wrote is 100 inches long. One of the ones I wrote 77 I make inches. an ro- office reference joke, but... I don't know if this is sensitive enough for the podcast. I'm sure all of you out there can figure out what I was going to go with. That's like, okay, so to give you all a perspective on what 100 inches is, if you had to draw like a 2,500-page paper or 2,500-word paper for like a college class, how long does that take you? Like a couple of nights. That takes us that, and we had we interviewed like 10 people for each of these You spend a couple too. nights? Oh, dude, I would always write a paper in one night. Really? I would not want to stretch that out. Honestly, that's yeah. how no, I write I- too. It's like... I do all my interviewing on one day, and then I go Oh, home. no, I mean like a college paper. Yeah. Yeah, I never did those over more than one day. Oh, you day meant either. like a college newspaper. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like a college report. No, 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 like, no, no, no yeah, 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 yeah. a college in. report. So, like, if you yeah, had like a class a, paper. Yeah. yeah. Your history paper. Yeah. So you did those yeah. in one night? Oh, yeah. yeah. Always. Oh, man, I would never spend more time than needed on that. And I just figured I'd channel all my creative C-plus juices in one night and get out of there. My teachers never... Approved of my writing, I don't think so. I was never gonna get an A on it. So I was the one that I was like one of those tryhards that like tried to get something done before the night before it was due. So like I'd maybe like. Oh, I'm not saying I did it the night before it was due. I'm just saying I did it all in one night. Yeah. 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 I'm not 
I'm not splitting that up into two days. I'm going to waste two days on one yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm never going to do it all, one, all at once. On it. I'm going to be like, wait, where was I going with that idea? But Andrew, was cool. that's the Kansas Jayhawk way. You, you Multiple days. Yeah, you do the rock part on one day and the chalk part on the other day. Right? And then you yeah. figure out what football conference you're going to the next day. <laughs> I, would run, I run a lot of these at like 3 in the morning or 2 in the morning sometimes. That's, I, just, that's just how I work. I took like one whole day to write two two stories because the one was 100 inches and the other one was like 80. But like, <laughs> it took I, me just a whole day. I don't know. Like it, I, I, I don't understand like how TV people are able to work, like actually do work most of like with not in prime writing hours. Like my pre- well, pre- I don't have to write too much. Yeah. A ton of my line of work is just me talking off the dome. That's why I like doing podcasts because this is similar to what I do at the office. I write uh, a minute's worth of copy a day. <laughs> And if it is, it's pretty generic. I can't go in depth with my stuff like you guys can. That's what we do. No offense, but we don't consider TV oh, competition. I'm, I'm so because offended. we because we we have to do different things. We do. We have different hit people. Yeah. I mean, you're online, I guess, at all times. But yeah, we're yeah. a visual medium. Yeah. Yeah, and we're words. I mean, so it's great pictures, you know, though. Yeah, that's why we can work together well. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, like the relationship we have. Yeah. James, you and I have worked together for like eight, nine years now. So At least, yeah. How long have you been at 7-4? Well, for sports, 2013. Yeah. So so all those years since then. And I've all of you listening have been with us all that time, too, including Andrew when he was 12. <laughs> he was already down in Chicago. Yeah. Parents' basement. I wasn't even sure Trevor City. Streaming. I need the fall preview. Streaming episodes of the Get Around that weren't even on yet. Get Around, however, is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freaky Yeah. We're going to take a look at the, the Traverse City teams heading into this season. I think big expectations. For football. For football. Yeah. Big expectations, I think, for all three football teams. Yeah, I'd say so. Andrew, you went out to Traverse City Central the first day of practice, opening day. Uh, what did you see there? I mean, the first thing you have to notice and ask is what are you going to do without Carson Briggs? Because that's the only guy they really lose. You know, you bring back Josh Burnham, who is Notre Dame commit, four-star, offered by Alabama and just about everyone else in the Big Ten. It all starts with him. But then you have the supporting cast of four out of five-year starting linemen returning. All of them have college offers. We're going to talk to Keegan and Kada more about that later and just kind of some special situations that happen there. I don't see any reason why the Trojans are not poised to make a deep playoff run this year again. Carson did so much on the offensive line. There is no denying that. But I think the supporting cast around him is just that. Like, they're good. They're all good. You know, it's I, I, mm-hmm. I, it's hard for me. They have seven guys that have been three-year varsity players. Dante Williams, Parker Schmidt, Josh Burnham, all four of the four guys on the line. But those are the, the Trojans we've heard make plays for so many years. And, and Carson Bordeaux. Yeah. Who now can legitimately say he's the best Carson on the team <laughs> and not have anybody fighting because Carson Hall and Carson Briggs both graduated. I think the DeWitt game is going to be, I mean, you're playing a legit team week one. They like, played them week one last year, right? Last year they played. Oh, no, last never year. mind. Yeah, maybe they were supposed to. I think last year they were supposed to play them in yeah. this same, in the battle for the big house. You're playing a Obviously legit team happen. in the big house. Like I reigning D three state champion, reigning D three state champion, champion, uh, Trojans were against obviously, the semifinalists. Yeah, they were they were obviously D two semifinalists, and then Mount Assures, the team they lost to, went on to win the state championship over Warren De La Salle. All month, I've been just excited for this football game. No, you, you, it's not one of those games where you're you're so interested to see what the Central football team looks like this year. You already know what the Central football team is going to look like this year. You just want to see how, what they're going to do with mm-hmm. another year under their belt. You know, you saw the jump Josh made from his sophomore to junior year where he's pretty much dominating the state of Michigan. I, can, I think he can make a run at Michigan's Mr. Football Award. Oh, for sure. He Two-way went toe-to-toe player. with Brady Rose last Two-way year. Two-way player in a high division? Definitely. Yeah, I think he had to be in the conversation last year. You know, Rose got it. But right. I think Burnham, people notice Burnham. So he's, from the get-go this year, I think going to be in that conversation. He also doesn't have the distraction of choosing his school. He's got that out of the way, so now he can focus in on what he's doing for this team instead of, you know, what was he doing this time last year when he could, probably doing recruiting visits and networking and getting that stuff out there. Now that part of his 
uh, life is behind him as far as the choosing aspect. So now mm-hmm. he can put 100% of his efforts towards his final year of Trojan football. I think the one yeah. time we had him on the podcast, he's like, yeah, I talked to Ryan Day yesterday. And the other thing I think that helps him as far as that is every media person who looks at or talks to him or anything like that, the, the three words that are going to precede his name is Notre Dame commit, and that carries a lot of weight, mm-hmm. I think, when, with those people. that they, they notice that, and they remember that. So I think, I think he's definitely going to be right up there if he has the season he had last year or even better. I think it'll be like right in that. Um, you Andrew, you also went out to TC West. Yep. Uh, they are also playing at the Big House the opening night. Yeah. James, what, what were you, you doing see last week? Just slacking off? I went to tra- I went to St. Francis. Oh, I see. Waiting for you, huh? We did a and couple. Then, uh, and then finished my tab stories. <laughs> yeah, we did a couple feature stories, and uh, we can talk about those if we have time later on. But Wes says, obviously, Brandon Konchak returning. Um, Caleb Kuch Kanarvik. Uh, we think that's how he says it. <laughs> <laughs> he spelled it to us. We were all there. Uh, defensive end and wide receiver, I think. Uh, no, tight end, tight end, defensive end, and he, he has another offensive position too, but he's got a couple college offers. Um, Michael Skir- Michael Skirmahorn is going to be filling in in place of Christian Boyvin, who's now at Michigan as a walk-on, uh, joining a couple other Traverse City guys that are down there too. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. The Titans are like that weird team in the Big North. You know, last year you had Traverse City Central and Cadillac both make semifinalists. Cadillac obviously goes on to the state finals shot kind of kind of like as a surprise but what do you think titans can do because they were that number three team in the big north last year i mean two no, in the they, regular two, two they in the beat regular, cadillac yeah the they were two season, the regular so. season but like they didn't they didn't lose a regular season game besides the central game yeah so they they mm-hmm. rattled off the w's and showed they were also a very good team and then in the second round of the playoffs they ran into another grand rapids team that Unfortunately, gave him that early exit, but you keep feeling like West is building momentum towards that year where they are going to bust through that first round game. I know they won a first round game a few years ago when they played Central in the second round, but as far as the D1 bracket, and now we're in that era where the teams are pre-seeded into their divisions, right? The playoff format, so they, I think they know they're Division One entering the season, unless mm-hmm. yeah, they, your div- your division's assigned before mm-hmm. the season. So they do have De La Salle last week of the season. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a cool Quality game. Opponent. Yeah. That's going to be a really cool game. And they get to start at the big house as well with yeah. Midland that same day with the Central. So if, if you're a Traverse City football fan and you want to skip work next Thursday, it's probably not the worst idea you've ever had. <laughs> um, you you mentioned Michael Skirmerhorn. Um, I think he's going to step into that Christian Boivin role and, and be like that kind of player workhorse was last back. year. Yeah, yeah workhorse back, uh, dominating linebacker. Happens to be the subject of one of our large feature stories in the fall tab coming up. But uh, I think you're going to see him be that guy and, and kind of, you know, whether he can duplicate what Boavin did last year because Boavin had an amazing season remains to be seen. But I think he'll step into that role and have that opportunity. Our third Traverse City team, St. Francis, last year they kind of came into a season unusual for St. Francis where they people did the first two games. They lost. They started one and two. The expectations kind of evaporated. I think for with a lot of people in the public after they started one and two, and then they beat Charlevoix. Then they took off from from there, and uh, they're not coming in this season going to sneak up on anybody after reeling off all those wins and going to the state championship this game. They've got quite a bit coming back from that team. I mean, they they kind of lose the heart of the team in Aiden Schmuckle. He's one of those foundational players oh, that's a, that's a for them all-around athlete but I, i'm definitely a football player definitely Schmuckle a football player sure. definitely a leader and he really stepped up in the playoffs and was a big reason that they were in that state finals and that they made a comeback in that state mm-hmm. finals in that game but they've got charlie peterson back at quarterback gives them a legit arm there at quarterback you know you're going to see wyatt and say is going to have a bigger role this year i think he's going to play some running back as well as probably start in the defensive backfield for them uh, he got was a, a quarterback, though, for the JV team, right? He was a quarterback for the JV team. Okay. Then he came up last year for the last few games in the playoffs and then got hurt um, in the Charlevoix Since game. he grew a foot from ninth grade to 10th grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the first thing I noticed in basketball season. Yeah, then he got hurt in the Charlevoix playoff game. Didn't play after that the rest of the way. Yeah, You could see yet when they brought him in, when he played defensive back, he was a good defensive back. I mean, uh, I think the first game they brought him up, the team saw that there was a – 
young kid that had just been brought from the JV starting at cornerback, and they decided to go after him, and he picked off a pass. That was a bad idea. He picked off a pass right away and made him pay for it. But uh, they got a decent amount of the offensive line coming back too. They, you know, they're they're going to do the normal. They're going to have like five different guys carrying the ball. They get Drew Hardy back from uh, injury last year, and then uh, Josh Groves I think is going to be another one of those big linebackers. He's going to have a big yeah. season this year. No, and you. When I went to practice last week, you heard it from Josh. He was kind of running them up and down the field to the start of practice, and some of them probably weren't putting all the effort into it at the time. This was like day two of camp or of uh, regular practices here, and you can kind of say he's like, "I don't want to come across as a mean guy making you guys do laps. I didn't like finishing second to end the year. If you guys liked finishing second, the more power to you. But I want to finish first this time around, so I'm going to put in the extra effort. So you can tell, like." It's acknowledged that, yeah, last year was sweet, but they remember losing that game by seven points. And they another quarter, they probably would have won that game based on momentum mm-hmm. against New Lothar. They were down four touchdowns at the half and then got it within seven. So at one point, had a real close chance to tie it up. So Yeah, and, and, and everybody I talked to from St. Francis, that was one of the crux of what they were talking about is that they remember losing that game, the feelings of losing that game, especially the first half when they were down so much. Well, they um, were done. The first half was, it was everybody like, it was like ruled twenty-eight to nothing or thirty-five to nothing, seven yeah, or something like that. I mean, thirty-five-seven. It was. They yeah. had one first half touchdown. I think. Yeah, yeah. But that was it. I mean, they were written off. Everybody's like, okay, New Lothrop's the champs. Thanks for coming, St. Francis, and, and they completely flipped that script and showed four quarters of football, are four quarters of real football, and yeah, like in basketball when that Buckley team played Powers North Central. And Powers just had that huge first quarter, but then Buckley like beat them every other quarter. Mm-hmm. You play that <laughs> and game, made it a game by the end. You play an extra frame in that game, things look a lot different, probably. Joey Donahue is another difference maker for them at linebacker. Um, you know, him and Groves playing at linebacker is going to be a, a nice pair yeah, there. Donahue, to, to reference how much of an impact he's having, I've already had uh, another opposing. I'm not going to say who. I'm not trying to, trying to create bulletin board material, but I've already had another opposing player call out Donahue. <laughs> oh yeah, how so? <laughs> He said, Joey, I'm coming for you. Mm. He's changing positions this year on offense. Uh, he was a starter on the offensive line last year at, at their pulling guard spot, and he's going to be the fullback this year. So it's going to be a different role for him. And, uh, you know, when I went, I went to the first day of practice, and it was the day it was raining. So they moved practice inside to Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. They practiced inside in a gym. That's why I went on so, day two. So, so that's, why, that that, that's maybe why they were... Maybe not running as hard on day two because they've done day one inside on a hard surface and and everything. But uh, I I talked to Gabe Olivier for for that story, and he talked about how he's got a photo from the state final game that's his screensaver on his phone. So every time he looks at his phone, it's a reminder that they lost. Like the scoreboard? It's the photo of the team after the game with the runner-up trophy. Ah, okay. Where they all look unhappy. Yeah, so it's a reminder every time he looks at his phone of that they lost that game. And you know his his motivation for for the season, and, you know. And Charlie Peterson was saying, you know, we want that ring, and I was like, well, you know, you could have a ring made up for a you know finalist, right? And he's like, if they Who gave us, that? he's like, he's like, if they gave us second place or you know, finalist rings, he's like, I wouldn't even wear it; I'd throw it away. Right? You <laughs> have to like pay for that too. I wouldn't even pay for it. Most of the state championship teams get rings made. I don't know if the MH, I don't think the MHS does that, but I think every time you watch Friday Night Lights, that's all they talk about. But yeah, most of the teams that win state championships usually end up getting a a thing made. I don't know if the kids pay for them or the booster club raises raises some money or something, but uh, they get some rings made. So we got several teams out here chasing some rings. Plus, the only way you're going to get a guy to wear a ring unless he gets married. We got several teams chasing those rings, though. I think uh, you know the TC teams will be in the thick of that, you know. And we always got, we had so many teams in the semifinals. I think all those teams could, you know, could be back in that. And and Kingsley too. I mean, yeah. I really want to see the season. David Milliken as a Grayling. Yeah, he's I mean, you be had a beast. A, dude was just ignited in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Shocked the whole region after the after winning over Manistee, and then he was there. What their entire offense was centered around in that game against Boyne City. I went to and Harrison was out too. Yeah, yeah. Um, the guy, you, I mean, he's big. He plays every single down, and he just shows up every single down too. He's fast. He's, I think he's getting faster too, and he's he's a physical running back. He he's he, like Tim he, Riggins. He can he can run by you, but he doesn't want to. He wants to run over you. Yeah, yeah. he'll um, embrace the challenge of going through the wall, not going around it. Well, yeah, 
I mean, he takes out players too. Like you know, like those guys that he runs over, you can't tackle him. Then you know, it takes three guys to tackle him. Yeah, you can't arm tackle him. Over the summer, I was actually in Montague. Stopped in Montague to go to a new brewery there. And there they was this, beer after and there was there was this whole no there was this whole table of guys wearing Montague stuff, and I was like oh that I bet you that's the football team the football coaches, and I actually went over there and started talking to them sat down at their table talking and everything, smack. And, uh, and no they were all just like I, t- I told them that the running back was back you know coming back next season and they were just like oh really man that guy was a beast <laughs> like they remember they remember him from that game even though they won that game you know they, they remember how good of a of a player he was and they don't look forward to maybe having to go through him again <laughs> how good is Cadillac as a football program you know we saw them kind of make an unexpected run to the state championship last year i'm not even sure they knew they were going to like they that's what they thought they were going to do this that, that year you know but they return Decent amount. You know, Cody Mallory kind of just coached with what he had, and that's why he got a record eagle coach of the year honor. You know, do we think they can do it again? They're in a division – or, like, do they, we think they can make a playoff run again? They're in a division kind of outside of the CTC schools, but they're still in the big north, division four. I kind of mm-hmm. talked to him when I went to practice. I was like, yeah, you know, you guys for sure want to go on another deep playoff run, but, you know, uh, I'm sure you have – with the fact that you were the only big north conference team in the state finals, you probably want to show that you are – the head honcho in that conference as well and after losing to both tc schools i guarantee that's one of their top priorities is winning one if not both of those games this year you can already circle those on the calendar as being intriguing big north conference matchups whereas maybe last year when they were happening they didn't seem that way so mm-hmm. cadillac earns respect in the league just by doing something like that so yeah the vikings are definitely another interesting card shifting to eight man we got sutton's bay obviously two-time state runner up bay, yeah. uh, just like the Cadillac and St. Francis, they don't want to have to keep having that associated with them, so they're going to do all they can to, to win that game. But uh, I think one of my favorite, at least, league shifting, and there's a lot of scheduling and tweaking going on. I, I'm excited to see the Ski Valley Conference back for football this year. going to have all those teams, well, a handful of them back in there in the Ski Valley for eight-man. Yeah, basically most of the teams, aside from what Mancelona and Joburg, are holding on an 11-player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think pretty much the rest of the Ski Valley the has, has gone – to a player, mm-hmm. the ones that have football. The Ski Valley was disbanded in, like, what, 2013, 2014? So it's been set for football. For football, yeah. So it's been seven years since that conference played for a football conference championship, and all those teams that are used to doing that for other sports and remember those teams playing for Ski Valley titles get to do that again this year, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gaylord St. Mary, always usually pretty good, and yeah. Onekama probably will throw its hat in the ring there, too, to be one of the better uh, eight-player teams around in here. And we saw the resurgence – or. The surgeons, I guess I would say, for, of Misik last season. The surge. Misik and Brethren. Brethren quietly has had a couple of pretty good seasons. I mean, mm-hmm. they've gotten into the playoffs a couple of times the last few years and, and had some pretty solid teams. They lost quite a bit from last year's team, so it would be interesting what they bring this time around, but they're one of those teams that has been quietly a, a pretty solid team the last few years. That was The Pulse. Brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Now we'll have our interview with Traverse City Central offensive linemen Keegan Opper and Caden Warner. We're pleased to welcome in Traverse City Central Offensive Lineman Caden Warner and Keegan Opper. Welcome to the show, guys. Caden Warner. Keegan Opper. We got uh, the big boys on today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we've, uh, had, we've had plenty of Traverse City Central football players, but not the big boys yet. So, And w- when we talk to Josh and Carson, they say you guys are the ones that get it done. So, yeah. so we're, we're ready to hear it. <laughs> yeah, we had Carson on, but he wasn't in the room. So we were actually we invited three of you guys. I'm not sure if we would have fit all three. In here. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, this is a pretty small room, and uh, these are uh, pretty large guys. I think we would have had to shout questions from a different room. It's <laughs> a Brett Weaver who's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, uh, these two guys, along with Brett Weaver, Davis Hurley, and Gavin Grachik, form the uh, the law firm of Opera Weaver, Warner, Hurley, and Grachik. That sounds like a good law firm name, I think. Yeah, I trust it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys going to lay down the law this season? Yeah, we are. Hope so. Uh, All right, as usual, we start the interview with the Freaky Fast Five, which is five kind of silly questions uh, and owed to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. First off, I'll ask both of you can answer these questions. Who is the best and worst 
dancer on the team. All right. Best goes to James Howard for sure. Mm-hmm. I'd also say James Howard for the best. Uh, what kind of moves does he have? Oh, he's got them all. Any trend you can think of, he can dance. Yeah. Is he, does he do a lot of TikTok videos with his dancing? He does, actually. <laughs> I think yeah, he used he to. I'm not sure. I don't know if he, he does, does anymore. anymore, but he did. He should do like some post-game TikTok dance videos. Or I don't know how or maybe pre- feel about Maybe that. pre-game. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> game, game day. How about that? So it doesn't interrupt the game yeah. the game day yeah. flow. <laughs> All right, I got one. What's the craziest thing you guys have eaten? Ooh, I didn't, bugs. Bugs? I've eaten bugs before. Intentionally? Like, they're in this little, like, uh, candy, and they're, like, inside them. They're like a sucker. And I still were at a museum, and I got a few of them. Okay. So, um, I'd probably have to say that, like, it's not a weird food, but one time at, like, Asian Buffet in town, I probably ate about 30 cups of ice cream. 30. Um, so it's not a weird food, but it's just a weird amount. I was there. Uh, that was going to bring us into that. With, with yeah. all the other stuff that they have at Asian Buffet, you just went for the ice cream? Well, I had already had, like, a plate or <laughs> two. Had a plate. <laughs> um, that was after. <laughs> I usually just mow down on the sushi line. Mm, yeah. That's, just, uh, like, two plates of just nothing but sushi. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's how go wrong with sushi. I think that would bring us into the next question. Who's still the biggest eater on the oh, team? Oh, man. Hands down, Keegan. He's got that by a long shot. I mean, I can pack it down. He can. <laughs> <laughs> There's no question. Okay, so aside from Asian Buffet, mm-hmm. what's the most that you guys have like sat down and ate in one sitting? Uh, we should maybe get Asian Buffet as a sponsor now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I can tell you this. This this was at the Asian Buffet, but the, the offensive line was there, and we had 101 ice creams, and we stacked them up. So 71 aside from Keegan's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd probably have to say, you know, it's like Mongolian barbecue, I think it is. Um, we used to have one here in Traverse City, but now it's just mostly downstate. You go there, and you, you know, pick out all your foods and give it up to the table, and they, you know, like grill it for you. I probably had like three, four plates of stir fry there. I, yeah, I can eat a lot there too. I'd have to say the hibachi for me. Mm-hmm. I've been there, and I just—they never stop giving you food. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, the Mongolian barbecue was good. It was. It's where the Buffalo Wild Wings is now. Mm-hmm. I love—I love that place. Favorite moment in Patriot game? Probably beating West thirty-one to zero. Like, and then when we came out, that was just like to take it all in was probably my favorite moment from a Patriot game. Um, my favorite would probably just have to be, like, I think it was the first game of a Patriot game um, my sophomore year when I was starting. You know, I was all nervous, and then just after the first play, it was all relief, and I was just playing the game like normal. Let's see. Okay, this was one I don't think we've asked anybody before. What is the longest you've gone without sleep and why? Man, I don't know, maybe a day. I I normally get quite a bit of sleep, so... As athletes, you usually try to get on a regular sleep rotation, right? So, I mean, yeah. it's probably you're probably not the right people to ask this question. Mine would have, probably have to be, um, I'm a big, you know, like, TV series guy. So, I think, like, when a new s- season of uh, Stranger Things came out, I, like, stayed up all night and watched it. So, probably just a day. Sounds good. Well, that was the Freaky Fast Five brought to you by Jimmy Johns. You guys, the, the five offensive linemen on this team, all, all have college offers. What are your expectations going into this season, knowing – what you have back on this on this offensive line and Josh Burnham, you got Carson Bordeaux out wide. You, you've got a pretty good group of returning guys this season. What are what are your expectations? Just take it the game by game. You know we got to work as hard as we can, but you know we're only as good as our scout team. So we really rely on our scout team to make us better. Yeah, I'd probably say the expectation is just to give it all. You know, every play, every practice, every game. You know, not focus on the next opponent. Just focus on what's on your plate at the moment. Mm-hmm. At, at the end of the day, though, I mean, you guys went to the semifinals last year. Mm-hmm. It has to be a goal to do at least as well as you did last season, if not better, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a goal for sure. And that starts next Thursday mm-hmm. in the big house mm-hmm. against DeWitt. How excited are you guys to play in, in that game? You were supposed to play in it last year, canceled because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now you get to do it again this year. There's only – they're only doing six games in the in the two days, mm-hmm. so two Traverse City teams out of those six games. Mm-hmm. How excited are you guys to go down there and play in that stadium? Oh man, we're so excited! Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be an awesome experience. Yeah, it's it's cool playing in Thurlby. You know, it's a really nice stadium, but it's going to be even crazier going to the big house. That's even bigger. Mm-hmm. How many fans do you think you're going to have there? You're the, you're, you're going to be the third game, so you're the last one of the day. Oh, man. 
I can tell you I got about 30 family and friends coming. <laughs> I don't know yeah. about you. I've got about 10, but, you know, I think if we add it up all together, I think we'll get a pretty decent showing. Probably mm-hmm. won't fill it up, though. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. How much are they charging for tickets for that game? I'm not sure. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We don't it doesn't matter, right? No. Everybody who wants to go is going to go no matter what the ticket is, right? Yeah. I'm just wondering if it's more than a regular, like, high school game, you know, like yeah. traditional, like, surprised. $10 or whatever. You guys had a good showing down in Muskegon, too. I think you outnumbered the Mona Shorts fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely have a good fan base and a lot of supporters that, you know, help us do everything that we do. For sure. Before that, though, you got the scrimmage coming up next Thursday uh, in Mount Pleasant with Saginaw Swan Valley and Traverse City St. Francis. How much do you guys look forward to scrimmaging against St. Francis? You never get to play them in a game. I don't think they've ever played Traverse City Central or Traverse City West. I mean, the size differential in the schools is a big factor, and the, and the playoffs uh, points now kind of would make it so that it wouldn't really help you guys all that much. But how much do you look forward to just being able to see those guys in a, in a scrimmage, guys that you probably know a decent amount of? Mm-hmm. Very excited. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. They're a good team, so it'll be competitive. Yeah, I mean, they're guys that we played with in middle school or Pop Warner who, you know, go to St. Francis and play there, so it'll be nice to see them and play against them. I know it's hard to look forward to, like, what had to the end of the season, but you have North Farmington again. Mm-hmm. Saw them in the quarterfinals last year, Brother Rice a week before that. Mm-hmm. Those two big games week after week, What are, are you talking about them already in practice? Nope. Right now we're focusing on DeWitt. We try to take it one game at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just uh, we're just all focused on duet and week one, and then after that game, it'll be all focused on week two and so on. It's got to be weird looking at film from the state finals, mm-hmm. which was Dewitt's last game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is something you know. Usually, you're watching high school film and it's on a high school field, but you're watching film in there on Ford uh, field. Ford field, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And week two, you guys get Marquette at home. A little bit of Traverse City connection with Marquette is that they have a former TC West player who's an assistant coach, uh, Dylan Teeples. I don't know if you remember him. Last name. Sounds yeah, familiar. played played tight end a few years ago for them. Um, but uh, and and Marquette plays both Traverse City teams this oh. year, so mm-hmm. uh, West goes up there. Going to the recruiting aspects of of everything, uh, how how big are the camps that you go to? I mean, I saw you you guys posting videos of yourself at camp or other people posting videos of, of you at camp and, and you guys were just demolishing people. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember which one. I think maybe it was Caden where you were just manhandling somebody <laughs> in, in one of those videos. Like I felt sorry for that tackle. And <laughs> But how, how big is the camp circuit in, in recruiting? Is it, is it gotten bigger than the actual playing of games? I don't think it's bigger than the playing of games, but like if you've been kind of an underlooked guy, it's a good way to get a lot of exposure and show off your athleticism, too. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, camps are different from games. You know, mm-hmm. coaches still want to see that you can play in-game, not just at camps. So, you know, games are still really important for recruiting. Oh, what did a lot of those you guys travel down together? Sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, like... Uh, like a Ferris State camp, we'll travel down together, but if it's like an out-of-state camp, then we're normally mm-hmm. driving separate. Because one of the things I noticed is four of you guys were both off- or were all offered by Mountain Union. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did that come about? Uh, they just they called us up, and they said they were going to recruit our offensive line. Mm-hmm. So they kept to that. Yeah, I think so. they just called one of us after the other and just yeah, right went down, down the, the line. List. Yeah. How soon did you figure out that everyone was offered? <laughs> we just started texting each other, and they, he told us he was going to call, like, the next guy and stuff, mm-hmm. and we all just figured it out. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. How cool would that to be had to have a Traverse City Central offensive line all together in college, starting at a Division two powerhouse? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen with Brett committing to, to Grand Valley and everything, but yeah. uh, you could still have a pretty big chunk of the line if you guys wanted to. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something we've talked about. Yeah. <laughs> has any has that happened with any other school? No. Lawrence Tech. Or Lawrence Tech, yeah. Yeah, Lawrence so Tech. I think Lawrence yeah. Tech's offered pretty much the whole offensive line, too. Mm-hmm. That's got to feel good, even to your coaching staff, knowing that, you know, they, they're the ones that brought you up to this level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It mm-hmm. definitely does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, offers don't really mean anything on the field, but it's good to get recognized that, you know, you're a good football player. For sure. With all the guys you've got coming back, I mean, we know the, the big names, the offensive line, Josh Burnham, 
Carson Bordeaux, all those guys. Who are some of the young guys coming up on the team that you see as being guys who can pitch in, maybe make a difference, help you guys make a playoff run this season? Right now, I'd have to say, like, the guy coming up who's done a great job is Tank. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy. He's like 330 pounds, six foot, you know, mm-hmm. monster. Tank. What's his, uh, uh, Hicks? Hicks Anthony, Anthony Hicks is his name, but we all call him Tank. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, but he's he's done great on scout team, and he's just making this offensive line work. Mm-hmm. It's like he's like a D1 body. You know, he's really hard to block, and he's just done a great job at, you know, making us all better. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I'd probably have to say Reed Seabase, too. He's been putting in work, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, he'll he'll definitely play a big role on our team this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done a good job filling for Austin Bills. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's running back? Yep. 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 Okay. Uh, how's the backfield kind of going to go? I mean, who's who's going to see carries? I mean, not I know it's not your role to say who's going to be the starter or whatever, but, I mean, who, who are your leading guys at running back this season? Um, I don't know. I think we're pretty dynamic. You know, we have a lot of, you know, jets and motions, so we might have, you know, wide receivers or running backs or even quarterback running the ball on any given play. Kind of a whole bunch of different miles to feed, kind of. Yeah. Yep. Not yep. not necessarily one guy like last year. I mean, Austin was kind of mm-hmm. the workhorse, so maybe split up a little bit more, a little more of a committee. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite moment of last year's playoff run? You know, you guys were watching film in between those shutdowns, and it seemed like you were one of the teams that were always keeping, like, practicing, get trying to play games. And mm-hmm. What was your favorite moment of all that? I I like the snow practices. I don't know. Those were just so much fun. <laughs> when you were done, you were, like, making snowmen and snow angels and throwing snowballs. Like, I don't know. It was just amazing. That was probably my favorite part of the. I'd also have to say the snow practices just because, you know, I think it showed how tough we were as a program that we were willing to go out there in a foot of snow and still practice and make it a good practice, too. And then afterwards, like Caden said, we could just go and have fun. <laughs> I just remember it, seeing those pictures from our photographer, Jan Stump, that was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was cold. Yeah. And, and you guys were the ones who took one of the benches, right, and flipped it over and used that as a snowplow, right? Yep. Yeah, I think when the starters weren't in, you know, practicing, I think... Uh, we had to shovel the field. We, yeah, we had to yeah. shovel the field. <laughs> so just, it's a, is that almost like a tackling sled then? You just got behind the, the bench and yeah, just pushed just it? push it. Mm-hmm. Did you guys make it through the whole, the whole length of the... F- or width of the field no, in one time? half the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Then there's just too much snow to keep too going. Too much snow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would have never got done with practice. No. <laughs> the likelihood so of that happening again, though. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully not. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we're not doing that. It's I mean, fun for the time being. <laughs> in, in, unless you guys have a nice November run and we have an early winter or something. We could talk about dumb stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. More eating stories i'm not sure i don't know i think the 101 ice creams pretty much tops it off for us yeah (laughs) Yeah. that was the craziest all the workers at asian buffet were taking pictures of the big stack of cups we had yeah (laughs) they they wanted pictures with us how tall was it 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 reached from the floor to the ceiling (laughs) and it was how much ice cream we ate that day Mm -hmm. nice how much does the offensive line eat together like that go out together and, and have a meal together we do it quite a bit we didn't do it a lot last year because of covid you know sophomore year we did it all the time mm-hmm. asian buffet is our number one spot for sure yeah, yeah. i think what 15 and 20 dollars it's all you can eat yeah and it's not bad food either no yeah, not great. at all no i like going there all the time mm-hmm. during the pandemic obviously didn't but right <laughs> but looking forward to going back there again mm-hmm. it's a good place what other kind of uh, team activities do you guys try to do outside of outside of practice and everything? What are your your favorite things that the team team does for for team bonding and that kind of thing? Uh, for team bonding, we go down to Eagle Village. Mm-hmm. That's one of our big things. So it's like a three day camp, and it's just all team bonding. Mm-hmm. So that's that's probably the biggest thing we do. Outside. That's that place down in Farwell, or Claire. Yeah, right? it's it's uh, it's like in the middle of nowhere, um, but yeah. it's down in that area. Yeah. What all kinds of stuff do you do there? I, I've heard some stories before, like you have to like carry logs and yeah. You so we did this like sled, and you had to like balance it, and you'd put a guy on. So you had to like find out who weighs the same, and like or else it tip completely, and you'd have to put them on at the same time. And so that's just one thing. And then we have to go over like a twelve foot wall, and there were some big guys on our team. So we get those guys over that wall. It was a struggle. You also do like ropes courses and you know rock walls that are like 
a lot of, a lot of people have like fear of heights or whatever um <laughs> so it's uh it's definitely a way you can push yourself and you know grow in that aspect either you guys get on that balance thing yeah we did we tried to do the big guys first and then that didn't work at all so then we did the little guys and it almost worked yeah we never quite got it <laughs> were you able to find somebody who would balance it out with you guys yeah keegan or you you weren't there uh, yeah for I, that was, one. I was on i was out on the east coast for so that, me but. and brett would be on like opposite sides and then we'd get like carson and like dante and get them across from each other that's just yeah i got to do it <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> weird yeah yeah it was fun though Looking forward to covering some Traverse City Central games this year. Looking forward to going on in the big house. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe some big stadiums down the road after that, hopefully, <laughs> right? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I hope so. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks to Keegan and Caden for coming in here. That interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. That'll take us into the chatter that matters, gents. We had a little bit of a development last week in the local radio landscape as far as coverage of high school football and athletics in general last week, where WGRY in Grayling picked up Traverse City West football and basketball. And some girls basketball. For next season. And they're going to do some girls basketball as well. That and station keep, already does grayling. Yeah. But I just find it interesting that there's been a, a resurgence in the popularity of high school sports being on the radio in the area. Personally, I like it. I was surprised when I came here uh, to Traverse City from previously I worked in Gaylord and Sault Ste. Marie. And the games were always on the radio there. and Up in the UP. All of them. I, I, almost every little school has games on the radio. It's just a huge thing. I was surprised at how little that happened here, aside from just maybe the the major schools. But mm-hmm. in recent years, more and more schools have been picking up a radio station in their area that have been picking up doing football and, and some doing basketball even. And I think last year we had one or two hockey games on. Well, I wonder if that's just the era of TV as well, where you're seeing like live sports is obviously, live entertainment events, whatever, are obviously big cash opportunities. And you know, if you want a, a certain TV show, you're just going to go to Netflix or whatever. And same with same with music. You're not necessarily going to go to the radio for music anymore. You're probably going to go to your Spotify channels or however everybody's listening to the music these days. And then, that, therefore, maybe these radio stations are like, well, let's try and find ways to get people to listen on Friday nights. Let's capitalize on this live sports audience that appears to be the only thing working for Mm -hmm. live broadcasting these days. I think the other thing is people are finding that these radio broadcasts of high school sports are fun. You know, you got guys that aren't quote-unquote professionals sometimes doing them. You know, when I worked in Lawrence, the guy that did the Lawrence High School radio broadcast were two sponsors of the radio station. They weren't even professional broadcasters. They just were, one was like a dad of a kid on the team, and another was like a, one of the sponsors of the station. They just had fun with it. Mm-hmm. It you adds know. to the small town charm, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like you'll, you'll crack jokes. You'll tell stories about the kid on the team that you might know or something that's going around in the neighborhood. It's just, it's a different way to experience the game, I think, as a fan, you know, where you might actually stay home and turn on a radio and listen to the game. And that's just how you're going to handle your evening. Like, it's old school, but yeah, it appears it, to be yeah. somewhat new school. Again. Everything old is cool. But. We should bring the bell back, and we should uh, ring that every time Can- Andrew talks about Kansas. Just have, like, Kansas. Andrew's Kansas mention of the week. Year. I referenced it earlier, so. I mean, I was going to bring it up for the trifecta, but. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could. But you, but, you beat, but you beat yourself to it. You want me to ring it now, then, as the first time? If you want to, go for it. There we go. <laughs> Kansas mention of the week. <laughs> Even though I already did it 20 minutes ago. That's true. But it has to be Andrew doing it. No, I hit it too. There we go. It's 106, I believe, right? They're, they have more than one station. I think it's, it's 106. 106 or 103. Uh, that they're going to do Q10, all the West. Q100 Q100 is what it's called. Oh. Yeah, but the 106, I think, is what it's going to be broadcast on. Right. The West games. Uh, WTCM is going to do all the TC Central games now. So mm-hmm. all the Central and West games will be on the game on the radio, whereas before it was one or the other. 
You've got Benzie Central is on the radio, Grayling, Petoskey, Cadillac, Kingsley, Kingsley Manistee. You know, Lake City, a, a lot of 97, 93, seven. Yeah, I think so. Wexford games. Yeah, the Cadillac station does some, you know, Manton and and McBain, McBain. games as well. Uh, so you're getting a lot of high school football on the airwaves on Fridays and Saturday nights and, and Thursday for the first week. I think it's a cool thing to see. I, I like seeing it. Kudos to the radio stations for for picking these things up. Speaking of which, if you have a intense need to go watch some football and you can't wait until when high school football starts up. There are scrimmages going on on August 19th and 20th all over northern Michigan. You have, uh, on the 19th, you have Kingsley hosting Banton, Manistee, and Harrison. Traverse City Central, St. Francis, and Saginaw Swan Valley are going to Mount Pleasant at 10.30. Cadillac is going to Big Rapids with uh, several other teams at 2 o'clock. Onekama is doing a scrimmage with Bear Lake at 3 o'clock in Brethren on Brethren's Field. Kalkaska, Joburg, and a couple other schools are going to Lake City at 3. McBain is going to Glen Lake, along with North Muskegon, who should be a pretty good team this year, at 5 o'clock. Uh, Benzie Central is at Pine River at 5. TC West is among several teams at Lansing Catholic Central at 6 o'clock. Well, that's a trip. Yeah. <laughs> Gaylord St. Mary is uh, scrimmaging against Mayo at 6 o'clock on Thursday. And then we have Elk Rapids and Mancelona and a couple other area teams including Mason County Central, who we don't cover, but it's just outside of our area, going to Frankfurt at 7 o'clock, so they're playing under the lights. Next morning, you've got Mesick at 10 a.m. going to Pickford, Charlevoix at Sheboygan at noon, and then another uh, larger scrimmage. like festival here in Manistee. Yeah, you've got Sutton's Bay and Brethren, plus Wyoming Tri-Unity and Portland St. Patrick, who are two pretty good teams usually, going to Manistee Catholic at 3 o'clock. They have two fields there, so they have a practice field that's right by the... We drove Regular by it field, when we so. uh, golfed down there once. Yeah, it's a cool little stadium it's down like there a, at Manistee Catholic. It's like a little carved-out area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have those games, your options to go to on uh, Thursday and Friday, if you so wish. Free. Or you can go down to Charlotte. Yeah, you can go down to Charlotte. If you, that'd be on Saturday, though. Well, five, maybe five the Charlotte High School team is hosting a scrimmage the day before, and you can double dip, James. There's the Lansing Catholic Central one. You can, that's <laughs> on the way to Charlotte. Yeah, the Northern Michigan Wolves semi-pro team. They're going to be in the championship game against Lansing Lightning. The Lansing, Lansing Lightning. Lightning. <laughs> they have a pretty cool. They have a pretty cool logo. Wolves haven't Lansing given Lightning up a point do. in the playoffs so far. Yeah, eighty-eight nothing and forty-six to nothing. Which I believe. Really good or really bad? Yeah, their defense is pretty good. You know, they got uh, Zach Blake and a bunch of other guys on that defense that are. I mean, it's a pretty stout defense. I mean, we were talking before the show about the the league and and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I figured these wouldn't be the score. Maybe the first round, okay, somebody got blown out. But they got blown out. They blew somebody out in the second round, too. <laughs> kind of wondering what are the other caliber of opponents in this. I guess we'll find out Saturday in the championship game. But, and there, uh, and there's no run, there's no uh, mercy rule in the playoffs in this league. So that game you pretty bad the other took night. forever. We have a 9.30 deadline on Saturday nights. So I wanted to have a story done by 8.30. That game didn't end until 8.30. Man, so I'm... Pro- and you I'm stopped the the printing, right? Until you could get that article in? <laughs> no, I actually started... Right I, by the printing I actually started office, writing... I actually started writing the uh, story before the game was over. I started interviewing players so on the sideline before story. the game was over, too. Might as well. Uh, so, as soon as they pulled guys out of the games, so I'm like, hey, uh, can I talk to you? So, and then I went and filed my story in the parking lot for my car to, to save a little bit of time and... Uh, Best office you can find your car. Yeah, this is their, they're going for their second championship since 2017, I believe. Didn't they win it all in 2017? Yeah, they were in the finals last year as well and lost in the championship. Mm-hmm. And Will Noble from Kalkaska, Kalkaska grad. I remember, yep. He can, he can sling it at quarterback for them. Uh, gives them a nice, a nice arm at quarterback, and uh, you know they've got a pretty good stable of receivers too. So does that bring us into our Hall of Fame? That will. Coincidentally, there's a, a Wolves player nominated for the Hall of Fame. I'll just go ahead and throw him out there. Will Noble, he threw for five touchdowns in that game against Albion. Could have had a few more maybe, but they kind of took their foot off the gas in the second half. Had a couple of drives end inside yeah, the red zone players, too. You know. In the second half, you could tell Albion was defeated. I bet you could tell that in the first half. Yeah, Albion had a time where they were punting in the uh, first half where there was only eight players on the field. Maybe they thought they were playing and, a and game. I th- and I think by the time... Wolves hit them so hard, they thought they went back in division. 
And I think by the time that play came around, they had already used up all their timeouts because they were, a, you know, various disorganization. Mm. And From stuff. a semifinal so they, team. So they had, yeah, a team that was nine, came in nine and two. So they had to punt. Okay. They only had eight guys, and they had just had to go ahead and punt with eight guys in the field. And then later got called for 12 guys in the field, too. Punt the so they didn't get mass degrees. Got it. I got to put up Cam Schulke, uh, Northwoods League Pitcher of the Year, and I got to see him play in the first game of the Northwoods League playoffs. Obviously, games two and two is tonight in Kokomo, Indiana, and three if necessary tomorrow. They got uh, – Jack Rabbit's got home field advantage there. But, you know, Schulke – his pitching numbers like aren't all-star caliber. You know, he he allows a couple hits, he allows a couple earned runs. I think he's and in the regular season he he actually held like a .63 ERA, but he only had, but he didn't have as many starts. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he qualified for the ERA title because he didn't have quite as many quite enough innings. He was just yeah. a couple innings short. He, he like he's not he's not usually used as a starter. That was the thing as I noticed in, in his pitching log. He's like he didn't have a lot of innings, but he had a low ERA. You know. But in that championship game, he kind of had a jam in the first inning, got out of it with one earned run, and then just shut down the next five innings. Mm-hmm. Shut out ball. He considers himself like a double kind of, like two kind of pitchers. You know, he pitched sidearm and overhand fastballs, and they both kind of react differently to batters. And mm-hmm. Rebant's obviously really high on him, and he's trying to get drafted. He's actually going to go to Northwoods this year. He transferred him from Florida Gulf State or Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, he had a he had a great season. I mean, in a variety of roles. Our last guy would be Chris Monroe. I've heard of him. Harrison, you've heard of him. Big, big guy. Pretty big dude. Yeah. Goes by Diesel mm-hmm. on on the Twitters. Yep. He's Bam Bam. He only drinks <laughs> diesel fuel. He had. Don't ele- do that at home. No. He had eleven RBIs though over the course of two games last week. Chris Monroe, he was in the home run derby for the Northwoods League. Definitely one of the signature players, the cleanup hitter in that lineup. And uh, a big reason if they're making a run deep into these playoffs this week, if depending on when you're hearing this and where they are in the postseason, his bat will definitely be a big reason why. And he made a stellar defensive play in that yeah. playoff win on Sunday night. He was on, I think Schilke came over to first base to cover. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's on like four, he's bear crawling basically in the infield. Flips it up to first baseman to get the out. I mean, the guy's just an all-around good baseball player. He can hit over 100 miles an hour in his exit velocity. I don't see any reason why he's not going to get drafted out of Illinois Springfield when he's eligible, I think, next year. So those are our three nominees, fellas. Andrew, who are you voting for? Ooh, tough one. I guess I give it to Schulke. Everyone else in the Northwoods League thought he was a good pitcher. I think he is one, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he got the win in the uh, playoff game on Sunday night yeah. home against Kokomo. It is interesting to note the Hall of Fame is the most exclusive club in northern Michigan, and whoever gets picked today will be the first person who can legally partake in the club because these are all college-age kids. Well, you can partake than, in the rather club. Rather than You just can't. Who can partake? You just can't. In the club. Have, I know where you're going. Hey, all ages are welcome. We're not discriminating here. You don't have to feel like you got to be in it's the an all ages 21 and above club. Harrison, who are you voting for? I'll go. Uh, I'll go the football player. I'll go Mr. Noble because I remember talking to him in high school, and obviously the Wolves are you know, on the precipice of another championship. We still have a few more games to determine if the Pittsburghers are on the precipice of another championship. So, just because of that situation alone, I'll, I'll give a Northern Michigan Wolf the nod. Okay, I was figuring you'd go for one of the Spitters because I'm going to go for Chris Monroe. T- I actually just wanted to make it tough for you. Yeah, well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with who I was gonna go for from the get go. I was gonna go with Chris Monroe. Right, so three way tie. So we got three way tie. Apparently, we're gonna let three, three people, three people who are in. legal, can get in. Yeah. All right, that's fine. We get the party started, and hopefully we have two championships. Chris Monroe, Cam Schulke, and Will Noble. That's the thing. They're not the gonna want to come over and have a have a cocktail if they don't win the title. So we'll find out by the end of the week if that's the case. Are we sure the Pittsburghers over twenty one? They might not have to be, but they're probably pretty close. Some of them are, like, just a year or two into college, so yeah. it's not a guarantee that they're over 21. I know Chris Monroe can pass for 21. Well, yeah, and so I can Will can't Noble. pass for 21. <laughs> Congratulations to Chris Monroe, Cam Schulke, and Will Noble for getting into the Hall of Fame. Now the trifecta. 
Sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, there are freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. Don't forget to like, share, retweet the podcast on online. Every time you do, you get entered into a drawing for two free Jimmy John's sandwiches. This week's winner is Ryan Henning Newman. Ryan will be getting a hold of you on social media to get you those two coupons. Brings us into the trifecta, guys. A friend of mine talked to me about camping on a desolate island in the middle of nowhere in Michigan, and it kind of got me to, to thinking, what is the most desolate or isolated place that you've ever been to? Can I ring the bell? You talking about Kansas again? Well, you can't ring it until you talk about it. Yeah. So I think you can. I think the bell should just be for the first Kansas reference. Otherwise, it's going to be a yeah. We don't want people to be deaf because you love Kansas so much. Oh man, I got a Wisconsin reference. Okay. I was uh, assigned to photograph. <laughs> no bells for Wisconsin. Okay. Sorry. I, I was I was assigned to photograph a stop sign in Wisconsin because they put it there. Like it was it was in like this rural county. Um, they made me drive 45 minutes out to this intersection that was known for, like, a lot of car crashes because they didn't have a stop sign. just had to kind of yield or something like that. So there's, like, yeah, you got to photograph a stop sign in the most interesting way possible. And I actually found some, like, parts from a car, that like, car like car crash that was on the side of the road kind of, to kind of make it interesting. But I, it was, like, go to this pin, take a picture of this stop sign that they just put in, and make that somewhat interesting first but there was an accident there well yeah well like so it couldn't have been that desolate if another car was there that's true but it's kind of like kind of like benzie county at benzie county only has one stoplight yeah one headlight yeah i really have no idea where to take i i'm still wondering james where your mind is going well obviously your friend camping but so maybe i'll wait to hear your answer I can't think of, like, a desolate location, whereas I'll just give a shout-out to the area based on my first story I covered that I was just like, where am I? I went to the Lewiston Curling Club. Mm -hmm. You ever been to that one? I know of it, yes. I have not been inside of it, no. Yeah, so it's kind of by, like, Johannesburg-Lewiston, their combined community. Johannesburg is a little north, so I didn't – I was basically going out to Joburg, but then hanging right and going down to Lewiston. But I just – it was in the dark. It was in the middle of winter because it was a Winter Olympics thing. And mm-hmm. I went on that road, that ro- right uh, east of Mancelona. Can't remember what it's called, but you go on that for like a half hour, forty-five minutes, and you're just kind of like, "Where am I going?" You know, it's just dark. I've never seen any of these places before. There's no homes. I'm just kind of like wondering, like, where am I? I've never been anywhere near here, and I've never been anywhere close to here before either. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not like you go under Old Thirty One at one point. And you go into the expressway. That still takes a little while. So was it M twenty? M20 I, that you're on? I mean, I maybe? guess I could look it up, kill him this nah, much time. Nah. I Don't think people to. are listening know which one I'm talking about if you go east from Mancelona. Um, but, yeah, I remember driving out to that curling club and being like, where is this place? <laughs> like, It took another hour from Mancelona. It took like, almost two hours to really get there from the station. And it seemed pretty desolate to me at the time. I've done that drive a few times since to then go up to Joburg to cover football, and it doesn't take that long. But those are also during the day. Yeah, I did this one at night in the winter. It was just weird i kind of felt yeah. like i was on my own little planet for a little bit there like luke skywalker flying out in the middle of outer space trying to find uh dagobah on, and yoda he landed planet. on tattoo or yeah, yeah. Dagobah. that's what i was like where am i and why don't i have a robot with me to help me navigate apologize to lewiston i probably won't be out there again and one of the things that made me think about this is uh years and years ago uh, a friend of mine and i when we were out in las vegas we drove out into the desert you and, and zach galifianakis and no <laughs> no, me and Hunter Thompson went out to the desert in Vegas. Uh, no, we went to uh, Area 51. Drove out to Area 51, which is nowhere. I thought that wasn't on the map. You can find it. There's like a gate where the public road ends. Yeah, you kind of take a turn at this one. There's this one little town, tiny little town that's just like a, a bunch of houses and like there's a an alien-themed restaurant there called the Alien Inn. And then you kind of go through that, and you have to take a couple. You have to ask for directions. They tell you like to turn at like the second mailbox, the second white mailbox, or something like that. This many miles outside of town. That's where all the fan mail goes. You go. You go out there. You can only get so close, and then they tell you that as soon as you see a, a vehicle flash its lights at you, that you need to stop, because there's like a, there's a, there'll be like military vehicles up on the hill watching the approach to it. So you can't actually get really to see. The thing itself. Oh, I'm you, sure you You basically can't. just get to see a meal. I would figure uh, you just went up to the door and like, excuse me, I'm looking for Area 50. Can you tell me where Area 50 is? Yeah. Is this in Nevada or Arizona? I always forget. 
there's like signs out there saying that basically if you go by if you go past these signs they have permission to shoot to kill and all this stuff and wow what a waiver to verbal eyeball sign then yeah but it was just so out in the middle of nowhere and then we're driving on the way back and it's out in the middle of the desert and the road is just covered in these huge jackrabbits running all over on the road yeah, that's what they're testing and they're just gigantic. kokomo jackrabbits they're out there because the road is still warm at night because it starts getting cold. Yeah, yeah. And everything. That. So they're out there getting warm on the road. But it took all we could to not hit any. So we didn't hit any. No, we didn't hit any. We were very careful and did not hit any. But man, it takes some effort when you're driving there at night. Yeah, those I mean, they are those jackrabbits will attack if you attack them. They're huge. Yeah. They're, they're just, just trying to get warm, and you're ruining their suntan they're, they're just like the ones from uh, Monty Python. Well, then that's it's called not, big fangy things. That's not desolate either. If there's a bunch of animals out there, there are probably a bunch of animals in Lewiston. <laughs> this episode has to end. So, thank you for joining us for episode 185 of the Get Around. We're out.